0: Pastor Matt, I'm sorry you have a crick in your neck because I'm going to be preaching down the middle of the aisle. He's going to be like this. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like a dog with his head out the window, you know? <laughs> hey, he also said we wanted a move of God, and, and I, I believe a move of God also comes with prayer. Yeah. I, I felt like this morning we needed to do two things, pray for our pastors and, and believe in them. You understand pastoring, one of the hardest things in can today. Right now, pastoring is so difficult. It's so hard with all the churches and all the opportunities and all the political correctness and all the stuff and, and especially like in north texas and it, all the stuff that you say someone's going to get offended at and hurt at and then they're going to leave it, it's tough it's really tough being a pastor today so i i pray that you continue to support and and, and be there for your pastors amen yes. the second thing i felt like we need to do was pray for miracles yes, amen. Amen. right yes. we're hungry for god God does miracles, doesn't he? We believe that his Bible's full of when Jesus walked this earth that he was able to do miracle after miracle because the power flowed through him. And we want to lay hands as a body today on any one of you that have a miracle. And I, I, I me, my family, we need two miracles this morning as well. And I don't normally as a speaker have this, but my wife just found out last night that one of her Uncles like a second uncle who lives in New Mexico is in dire need of a miracle. He was emergency care flighted last night from Albuquerque to Denver, and they're saying that he needs an absolute miracle, and I don't know the details there. We also need a miracle because on Tuesday, my daughter just found out, my 15-year-old daughter, watch the number there, just found out from a hearing test that she has significant ear loss in her left ear, and if... If something doesn't change in the next four weeks, she will have to have a hearing aid in her left ear. She's 15 years old. Imagine what that's doing to a 15-year-old. So this is what we're believing. We're believing in the next four weeks, God's going to miraculously show my daughter in 2020 that he can still heal. It's just not a fairy tale or a fictional thing that happens in the Bible that we've never seen. But this is a God that's living and active, and he can heal my daughter's ear. This is what we're telling her. We're going to believe for a miracle and healing. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to anoint with oil, and every night we're going to stand with you for healing. And even if he does not he's still God. He's still healer. He's still provider. And you will wear that Hearing aid as a testimony to God's power and strength that even though he may be weak, he can still make yeah. you strong. Yeah. And Amen. even through that, God's power can still reign through you to affect people around you that maybe you've never been able to reach. Yeah. Who knows what God has for my daughter. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're believing for a miracle. Yes. So I'd like for my wife to come stand in the middle right here. We're just, yeah. This is the middle altar right here. <laughs> and if you want to stand with my wife, you need a miracle. I want you to just make a line with her right down the middle. You need a miracle today. Maybe it's a sickness, an illness, a financial need. Maybe it's a friend or a family member that needs to come to Christ. You need a miracle today. Just write it down. Yeah, just like you're standing in line to get that Whopper for Burger King. I, I don't know. <laughs> Wait for that Chick-fil-A sandwich. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Just make the line straight down the way, and we're going to stand and believe God with you for healing. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, anyone else? Anyone else? You need a miracle. Hey, if y'all don't mind, spread out all the way down to the end so we can get some people to pray for you. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Anyone else? Awesome. I would like for one or two people to come stand. Beside them, in front of them, next to them. And we're just going to take a time to pray. We're going to believe God for a miracle, all right? So I want you to, I want you to come. And I, we don't have to have loud music. We don't have to have pianos. playing. you say, hey, what do you need prayer for today? What is your miracle? And just simply ask them to respond. And let's agree that God would give a miracle. Amen? Amen? And if you don't feel like coming to pray, would you lift your hands towards these? And let's pray that God would show up in these for a miracle. Come on, let's pray together.
1: We just come to you right now and we're believing or that you're able to move and minds, you're able to provide answers where it seems like there's confusion you're not a God of confusion, but you're a God peace. Pride you are a creator, God. Lord, God. I don't we don't just sing but your you're Debbie right father. We now. believe that we trust you. I I pray we believe that, you that you're in good We believe the way in that you're the good father. you they move moved through walls and they've moved through miles. I, through miles I, we, you, you can't, I, can't with Lord, your Lord, spoken word heal Debbie. How you provide her. We don't know how you give a conversation
0: We don't know how this became sick. It doesn't matter. We want to look forward to her healing. Lord, and We speak it. We positively believe it. We place this life in Jesus' name. We pray for the financial needs and your through Ron's and my together. Healing, healing, right healing right now in Debbie's do life. Lord, we pray for you your be. healing right now. We pray for your you right now. We pray for right now. We pray for right now. Would you move away from your age? Would you that you? What I pray that you right now, Lord, you give the at 11 o'clock and hear your words. a part of what you do in the service. Touch her body, Lord God. Touch her mind. Touch her heart, Lord God. You're able. Lord, touch and move in this family and this household name that's higher you Would you heal Would you want? Would you have how you provided, of how you met the need, of how you've healed in Jesus' name? Lord, we believe. Lord Satan, you are defeated. Satan, you are a liar. You have the joke. And in the name of Jesus, we ask that the armies of the Lord would send forth power and authority. And may we see you work today. May the young eyes and the young ears that are in our rooms begin to see that you're a God who heals. You open blinded eyes. You. Raise up dead things, Lord. Just begin, begin to bring miracles right now. Miracles now. Father, we have prayed, we have fasted, we have believed for you. May you show up in these hearts and lives. We cannot do it ourselves, but you do. Father, we're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We don't have no power. We can't work it up. Lord, you designed these people. You made them. You manufactured them. And we bring them and lift them back up to you for a healing, for a power, for a time. Father, do the work in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe God's going to show up and bring miracles, would you say amen. amen? Amen. 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 God is good. All the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is good all the time. If you have Bibles, go with me to John chapter four. I won't be super lengthy this morning. I want to set up a message that I will actually follow up with tonight. I know we don't normally have Sunday night service, but we're coming off that 21 days of prayer and fasting. We had meat feast or beast feast or whatever last <laughs> night. And a lot of blood everywhere on plates, right? And, 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 and we, we felt like tonight would be a special time to come together. So today would be part A in the morning. Tonight would be part B to this message. In John chapter 4, we're introduced to a lady. She makes this statement in the middle of the chapter. She says, come see a man that has told me everything I've ever done. He must be the Christ. Now we know that word Christ is translated into the Messiah, into the literally root word, the anointed one. This would be... He would be, she was declaring that he would be the one that they were looking for, the Jews, for thousands and thousands of years. The people of that area, Samaria, and all the surrounding cities, they were looking for the Christ to come to take away all sin, to heal sick, to raise dead, to raise up all the blind people. They were looking for the Christ, and here was a lady who declared to her closest friends and family, hey, come see a man. Can you see can you see her? Like she's so pumped, right? It's almost like she's just jumped into an MLM like marketing, right? She's like, hey, I got this product, I got this product, you gotta come buy it, you gotta come try it out. Or open a coffee shop, right? We get people in our society today, they don't want to open coffee shop. Hey, you gotta come to my coffee shop, come to my coffee shop. Oh, we got some great, some great liquid over here that heats up and it's really warm. You gotta come, we got donuts and muffins and all this stuff. Hey, come, come, come. Like she had that passion inside of her. There was this energy inside of her. Come see a man, come see a man, come see a man who told me every thing I've ever done. He has got to be the Christ. This woman was so fired up. We we like stories like that, right? It's cool to see people. So it's energy and passion. In fact, we take and write articles about them. We post them on Snappy Chat and the Gram and Facey Book, right, or Fake I'm sorry. Well, on Facebook, we post them on Fake all of these things, because we love stories of people who are successful and passionate and going out. This woman was so fired up about meeting this man and told her everything she'd ever done, that she believed he was a Christ, that she went home. And she told all her friends and family, and the Bible says that many people began to believe, and that those people became so hungry to know God and walk with God and to meet Jesus <laughs> that they actually went and found Jesus and asked Jesus to come to their hometown. And it's crazy because he did.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He wasn't so busy that he had another activity or another thing he had to get to. No, no, no. Because of the hunger inside of these people in this Samaritan village, Jesus actually diverted his plans and went to their town and village for two whole days and spent with them and he began to teach and train and love and encourage and the bible says that when he showed up many many more believed They put their trust in Jesus, and this was a statement, and you can go read it for yourself. They said stuff like this, like we were like on the edge of believing, but then when this guy showed up, we truly believed, not just on what we heard, but now what we've seen. We have seen that he truly is the Messiah, and it all started with this one little lady, this one lady who said, come see a man, come see a man, come see a man, told me everything I've ever done, he must be the Christ. We love stories like that, don't we? Mm -hmm. In fact, if that, that happened in this church, Pastor Matt would probably call the National Office of the Assemblies of God down in Springfield, Missouri. And they would probably write an article on this little lady. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we've seen and heard stories like this. And we love to publicize them. And often when we hear these stories in church, I mean, you go to church and you hear of, of, of a former prostitute that came to Christ and won all the whole old relationships. And all of these old friends that brought other prostitutes like... Vroom, I, I, I want that. Not, not to be a prostitute, but I, I would love I'd love to do that. Or <laughs> we hear about like drug dealers, right? Drug dealers or, or or men or women that are far off from God, they come to Christ and they have these celebratory moments and they go tell all their friends. And all of a sudden these churches, we, we see this a lot in youth ministry where we have students, they get so fired up at a youth camp. Mm-hmm. And they go home from youth camp and they tell everyone, we just two summers ago had these two football players at a very good football program in Texas called Duncanville. They've been in the state championship in 6A the last two years, and two football players at our youth camp went home and got so fired up to go tell all their friends of the football team about Jesus Christ. And they did, and they did, and they did. You know what they were saying? Come see a man. Come see a man who told me everything. Why? Because at that camp, something happened. Come see a man. He's got to be the Christ, the one we're to follow. In the months to come, they begin to tell every one of the football team, 38 of their friends on their football team came to that church and got saved and got baptized on a Sunday in front of all their friends i've got friends that nick franklin who travels with me and does work for me with youth alive he between his freshman and senior year saw over 600 of his friends come to know jesus christ come see a man just on friday was actually at my kid's school in elementary middle school in our town flower mound and there's a young lady about six years ago named Savannah. Savannah was telling all her friends, and in that little Bible study on Friday mornings, there were over 120 to 130 students that showed up on Friday mornings to hear about Jesus Christ. Why? Because there was one little Savannah who said, come see a man. We all love those moments. We make little 60 second video clips about them, but what we don't see in that moment is that there was a reversal process of where something started to get to that moment. We all want that moment, don't we? But I want to look at John chapter 4 in reverse. Because we always see the end, but we never really hear the beginning. So we begin to reverse back after she said, come see a man. Well, what began to happen? We see that there was this moment at a well where there was a Jesus who was tired and weary and I thank God that we see Jesus tired and weary why because we see his manhood we see that he wasn't fully God he wasn't a robot right that he was tired from his journey so he comes and sits down at a well and there was this woman that he notices at the well at midday who is drawing water so we see a Jesus who is tired and we see a woman who is in hiding you know how we know she was in hiding because she was at the well in the middle of the day you did not draw water from a well in the middle of the day. You did it early in the morning at dawn or late at night at dusk. These were the traffic moments. So she was, Jesus saw, probably hiding from something. So he has an encounter with the woman at the well. You've heard the story a million times. And I just want to bring a little backstory to it as we take the story in reverse that at this well, you have to understand that Jesus should have never been there with her. Why? He was a Jew, first of all, and she was a Samaritan. The Jews and Samaritans hated each other. The Jews thought they were elitist and that they were better, and they'd never associate with the lowly people of Samaria. In fact, if they were to go to another city on the other side of Samaria, they would often go around it, take extra miles, harder work, so they didn't have to see or touch those stinky, dirty people. We can kind of put that in our own context today with some of the people in our society too, can't we? Whether they're Broncos fans or Seahawks fans, we're never going to talk to them. We're Colorado Buffalo fans, right? No no matter the color of skin or what team you're for or what kind of people you associate with, we all have a little bit of that in us, don't we? A little bit of elitism and we're a little bit better. And so we'll also walk around the place as well so that we don't have to see those people. So Jesus, as a Jew, should have never been in the same region, in the same proximity as this lady at the well. It was also... A no-no for Jesus. Why? Because a priest or a rabbi, a teacher of his stature, should have never been with a woman without her husband present. Mm-hmm. And it was this woman and Jesus all by themselves at a well. And it was also as a priest or a rabbi's authority and responsibility to not ever be associated with shady ladies like this. So this was a huge no-no, wasn't it? But we know that Jesus was showing us that he was bigger than cultural norms. Mm-hmm. Jesus was bigger than what everyone else expected. Jesus was better because he loved all people. And in fact, he got down and in deep in the life of this lady, right? And he, he began to dig into her and teach her and walk through her some things to get her to that point. And that's why I want you to understand that the big shining moment of winning the whole village was backed up, backed up into these moments of deep teaching Where Christ was revealing to her what? Stuff like that he was the living water. That he would give his spirit and it would never be quenched. That the water that you're looking at, lady, from this well will run dry. But the water I can give you will last forever. He began to dig deep into her life and say, hey, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And what did he say? Oh, in fact, you have five husbands. He revealed to her that he could see deeper than what was on the surface. You have five husbands. And in fact, the one you're living with now is not even your husband side note he was not saying that to condemn her he was saying that to the reveal the truth of that he would know the exact place that she would be in life and it wasn't that she had five husbands that was the sin it was that she was living with the one and wasn't the husband that was the sin why because men in those days dropped like flies they didn't have the medicine we didn't have the hospitals we didn't have the stuff that we had today so men would drop like flies and ladies like her had three options if the husband died number one she would remarry, number two, she would beg, or number three, she'd become a prostitute so Jesus is showing her that he sees beyond what she is or what's done. And I'm looking down deep inside your life and showing you that, that I am the one who said they would be coming. And I'm going to show you what? Inquenchable spirit. I'm going to show you that I know who you are. And I'm going to get down to the vulnerability of what? Of giving you the place now of worship and what else that he's saying. That I know that you're lonely and I know you need a friend. And right here at the well, this woman was converted With a conversation and a moment with Christ. We all need moments at the well. God in fact, Jesus in fact will walk us through those same things won't we? If we would just slow down from our journey, go over to him get out of hiding and we would sit down with Jesus, he would probably walk through the same process to say I am the living water, you don't need anything else for me we search for a lot of stuff don't we? Material things relational things, emotional things we pursue everything and Jesus is saying I got water, I got source, I got life that will never run dry I am your place of worship, you don't have to worship the Broncos, the Cowboys, you don't have to Worship any of that stuff. I am your affection, your place of intimacy and worship. I know your past and I know your future. And if you will just sit down with me, I will transform you. And that lady was transformed from a moment, from a moment at the well. But what's crazy is, is when we continue the story in reverse, we'll see that Jesus was already setting up with his disciples this moment, why? Because the disciples were standing by to watch what Jesus was doing. Is Jesus really going to teach it and not live it? Or is he going to teach it and actually live it out? So let's go back and get into some scripture. I told you the story that in John chapter 3, the moments before this moment, will what happened, we start seeing some powerful truths that Jesus set up with his disciples and followers that he now in John chapter 4 would be living out. You ready for this? You know this. In John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What was he saying? I will go to anybody anywhere and just days or weeks or months later we don't know the actual chronological timeline but just moments later he would prove out as he sat tired by the well with this lady that he would love everyone and that anyone who believed he would give eternal life just moments later what he said to those disciples he was living out of the well Well then he kept going in those same teachings and said, in verse 19, this is the judgment, that light has come into the world. And the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked hates the light and does not come to the light lest their work should be exposed. In the next chapter, he was literally living out what he taught. Because why? The woman was at judgment. She was hiding. She was afraid she'd be exposed because she came to the well at noon. Jesus, what he just taught, was now living out Mm
1: -hmm.
0: with a forgotten, abused, and rejected woman at the well.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, but it keeps going because then he teaches the disciple this thing about baptism where there is water that washes away and he says you got you got to go and you got to get these converts, these believers and baptize them in water we know that is a symbol of the old going away and the new life coming that our rags have now become riches are you following me that in that moment he's saying we go and we baptize not what john was doing but with john being baptized in water and then he continues and talk about increase and decrease and then come on everything that he laid out for this woman at the well he previously taught because it says then in verse 34 that whom God has sent utters the words of God for he gives the spirit without measure. And he gave that moment a a, a little peak preview to these disciples about the spirit that would come after he died and it would be without measure. It would never end. And yet how funny it was with this woman at the well he gives her the same thing. I am the water that never runs dry. I will give you the unquenchable spirit. So as we rewind, we see what? That Jesus taught it, then he lived it out, and then there was a moment of victory. There was a Super Bowl for this town and village. Why? Because one little lady had a moment at the well. One little lady got real and vulnerable and had an intimate conversation with Jesus, and everything was changed, and then she went and said, "Come see a man, Come see a man, come see a man." Wow. What happened that day was Jesus, he gave her an offer that she couldn't refuse, and he spoke the offer in love. He gave her truth. In love And what a powerful statement that is to us as we go out and we encounter culture and as we go out and we're in all kinds of restaurant places and workplaces and family places, we also have to give an offer people can't refuse and do it in love, not condemnation, not guilt. He didn't shame her for her past. He told her where he, she was going. He already knew how she got there. But what he's trying to do is get her to a point where she believed that where she was going was greater than her past. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. So there's four simple things, and I'm done. Four simple things that this lady saw in her freedom with this conversation with Jesus. Number one, Jesus in this moment gave her freedom to come out of hiding and live in her new identity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what moments at the well do for us. Are you following me? We have A push from God to come out of hiding, to reject our sin, to be forgiven and not walk in condemnation and begin to walk in the full authority of God. I believe that we don't have enough church people today that are walking in their full identity of Christ. They're still ashamed. They're still condemned. They're still broken over their sin. And God is saying, I've forgiven you over all of it. It was at the well. And now you can push forward and walk in righteousness and holiness and truth. You don't have to go back to the pick slot. You can stand for righteousness. Mm -hmm. Free. Church, we're free. In fact, this would become a simple formula. I love breaking things down simple. This is what it was. I told you the end before the beginning, and we ran all the way through. This is what happened. Here was a woman who had a moment at the well. She studied and saw the depths of the teachings of righteousness from God, and then she went and told everyone about it. That almost becomes the same formula for our life, isn't it? Isn't it the cycle that we start to go through? Come on, we... This is why we come to church on Sundays and we have special nights like tonight. And this is why I have Wednesday night service and Bible studies and stuff like that at home. Why? Because we're just giving God an opportunity to interact with us at the well. Mm -hmm. And your Mm -hmm. life and my life, and that's what I'm going to get into tonight, because tonight we're going to talk about how we share our faith, how do we get to that moment. Mm -hmm. Your life and my life are nothing more than moments where we spend time with Christ, we study and understand who He is, and then we go tell everybody about Him. You want to understand this whole Bible it's all about? It's those three statements. Have a moment with Christ, mm-hmm. understand who he is, the depths of the teachings, and that's called discipleship, learning and growing in him, and then go tell everyone about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was free to come out of hiding and begin to live in her new identity. Number two, this is applies to our life, she was what? She was now intact mm-hmm. with a spirit to be free to worship and connected to the unquenchable spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That there was this source of life that was bigger than a car breakdown. down? I got the spirit. It's bigger than, oh, my daughter may have to have it, hearing it. No, 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 it's bigger. Man, Why? It's bigger. Because I am connected to worship through him, right. and there is a spirit that's being poured out that's bigger and stronger and pushes me through any mountain I may face. She was now free to worship him, and he would be bigger than any mountain she would face. Number three, she was free to bust through cultural cultural mess ups and racial divides. She did no have to, no, no longer did she have to be torn up between Jews and Samaritans and all the blacks and the whites and the grays and the greens. We didn't, we didn't have, she didn't have to go through that because in that moment, in that teaching, through that moment, she saw that Jesus was bigger than what color skin you have, bigger than what kind of money you have in your bank, bigger than what kind of house you have. He was bigger, bigger, bigger. So now in this moment at the well, she was free to go love all people. Doesn't that speak to our relationship with Christ as well? Maybe one of the hardest things for us to do is love all people. Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy to look at Exodus chapter twenty and memorize the Ten Commandments. It's pretty easy for us to understand John three sixteen and come to church and live in our own little bubble. But in fact, probably one of the biggest attributes of God that I understand that I can't fathom is that He really does love all people. Because I sometimes don't. Like, what's wrong with this preacher? here I know. like when I'm driving down 635 in Dallas, Texas and it's packed wall to wall, six lanes wide, bumper to bumper and I gotta be somewhere, I don't love all people why are you at home, why are you at job I'm ready to just clear the way and get to my destination, at that moment when I'm walking in a Six Flags or a ball game and you're wall to wall with smelly armpits and boogery noses and people all rude and obnoxious, I don't love all people right there but God does, when I'm on a plane and there's smelly people passing gas and it's just disgusting and people oh you were the worst parts of being on a plane, when you Get up to the little terminal and you hear the ding, and everybody's unbuckling their belts and standing up. I'm like, Sit down! We're not going anywhere! The guy in the back of the plane's acting like he's getting off before the front of the plane. Sit down and wait your turn. I don't like those people right there. But God does. He loves them all. He loves ISIS. He loves the people that hate us and sometimes, man, we want to get them. We want to get them. God's like, no, 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 I want to get them. She was free to love all people. Wow. From one moment at the well. Do you think she went to her hometown or village court, but she there's probably a crazy uncle that she didn't like, that she went and told him. There was probably a guy down at the corner that had probably talked bad to her, and maybe cussed her out one day because she rode her little bike on training wheels in his front lawn and messed up his grass. He's like, get your little bike out of my lawn. She's like, I don't like that guy, I don't like that guy. But I bet when she had a moment of dwell, she went back and she told that guy in the corner that told her to get out of the grass about Jesus. Yeah. She was free to love all people. And lastly, she was, she was free, she was free, she was free to believe and to share her faith. Come out of hiding, worship God, love all people, and be free to believe. What if we just believed? You know where the believing starts? At the well. You know what we've missed in our churches today? The well. Mm -hmm. We've missed the well. Oh, we got, oh, yeah, I know not this, Pastor Matt, he's doing good for you guys, but I've been to churches where it's boring, and like it's stale, and there's no life, and there's no living water, and no one's receiving and being vulnerable and opening themselves up, and so therefore, we're not having any of those moments that we would have put on Facebook and Instagram. We're not seeing the whole town and village come to Christ, are we? Why? Because the church is not providing moments at the well. bigger than that. If they do or they don't. We have to be men and women of God enough to go home and have it at home. With our wives and our children. In the moments of intimacy with Christ. And if we will get back to being people at the well, we will start seeing churches explode. We will start seeing family come to Christ. We will start seeing miracles take place. We will see God move in our towns and our lives. So I you bow your head and close your eyes right now. Father, we believe. Lord, I believe that moments like this can come just as the Samaritan woman had at the well in, in Laramie, Wyoming. Father, I've only spent two days of my entire life in Laramie, but I sense the power, I sense the passion, I sense the vision from this church. Lord, I just believe, I just believe that this church can do supernatural things. I just believe that people can be restored. I just believe that the anointing is strong enough on Pastor Matt's life, Pastor Melody's life, that crazy things can happen in this city, but it first must start at the well where people encounter you, they experience your passion, your love, your encouragement, your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy, your love. Father, may this moment, this morning, may we, may we all have a moment at the well. Forgiveness of our sins, forgiveness of our racism, forgiveness of our lack of want. Forgiveness for not even sharing our faith. God, stir us up this morning. Church, this is what I'm gonna do for the next five minutes five minutes, I want you to find a place to pray. We're going to open these altars. If you need to come and you need to do that at the front, you need to stand at the front. If you need to turn around in your seat right where you're at, if you need to walk against the back wall, if you need to pace up against the sound booth, however it is that you've got to find the well, would you, for five minutes this morning, before we close, would you have a moment with Christ and would you be vulnerable with Him and say, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I need. I need you to invade my life. So, Father, right now, I'm about to release these people and pray, and I pray that your spirit would fall, your power would fall, your might would fall. and you would forgive, you would cleanse, you would put us back into righteousness and may we have an uninterrupted moment with you. Right now God, may we meet you at the well. May the rest follow, the teaching follow, the forgiveness follow, the town coming to Christ follow. Right now in this moment Church, I release you to find a place to pray. Let's take five minutes, five minutes need to come to the front, come to the front. You need to kneel down where you're at, kneel down. You need to pace, you need to pray, whatever it is. We just turn this, this house, into a house of prayer that God could show up in our lives. When I pray for someone else today, this is between you and God. We don't have to lay hands on anyone else. This is you and God. Can we pray right now? Not library prayers. Can we lift our voices to God and say, God, show up in my life right now? This is a selfish prayer. God, do it in me as you did to that woman at the well.
1: some area today of your life would you put your hands together express your appreciation